When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Paris. Hi, Nikki. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be on your show. You guys, yes. your show is so good. I just Thank listened you. to so many episodes today. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. the iHeart family. <laughs> yes, dude. It's it's. I am so excited to be doing this. Hi, Nikki. I'm Hunter. Nice to meet you. Hi. I feel like I know you from listening to you. Nice to meet you too. And you're like from E, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a, that show Nightly Pop on E with. A... Oh, you have Nightly Pop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I um, I've heard such great things about it. I haven't had a chance to see it as there's so many things to watch, but um. Very few people have seen it, so that's okay. It's <laughs> no, no, no. It's talked about. It's been on a while. We've done like 300 episodes, but it's also a cable Dude. television show. So it's like, you know, it's hard to get That's an audience. Successful. I am I'm um, doing a pilot with E right now. And, you know, the big fear is like, oh, you know, no one will watch it. It's like, oh, then good. Like, fine, I'll get paid to make this thing that, you know, and like I can really have fun with and let loose. And it's still TV. It still looks good. Yeah, we just have to get on Paris's level because it seems like every time something new pops up, Paris is at the forefront right now. Oh my God, Paris! Paris is an investor in the thing that is the new thing of everything yeah. that pops up. <laughs> yep. It's um, you and uh, yes, I I look to you to see what the trends are and and for what is cool. I do look to Paris as I have for. For over a decade now, much, much more than a decade now, like I have loved Paris for so long and it's my ability to even DM you and ask you to 
be on my podcast and then for you to ask me to be on yours is such a dream come true. And then I listen to Amy Schumer's podcast. I'm like, oh no, she says yes to everything. I, I hope she knows. I hope she knows she can say no. Um, but I will always take that into account now when I ask you for favors. No, I love you. So I meant the yes. <laughs> oh, I, I felt I feel like you would be honest with me at, at this point. But um, yeah, it's been great becoming like friendly with you and trying to get in that inner circle slowly but surely. I love you. <laughs> I love you. So you're are you single right now, Nikki? Is that what we we read? Yeah, I've been single for so long. And the last time I hung out with Paris, I was like haranguing her to get me a, a boyfriend. I was I was going after her boyfriend or her fian now fiance's brother, and I was and she was like he's in a relationship, and I was working on how we could ruin that. You know, we were I was plotting all of these things. Like he sounds so great, he looks just like like I want in that family, and then I could, and then I would definitely get to hang out with Paris more because I'd be you know like in the fam. But um, but yes, I've I've I'm putting it out there. I'm very single and. I just feeling frustrated, honestly, about, well, actually, actually feeling at peace for the first time of like, if I don't find some of, if I'm not lucky enough to meet my Carter, then like some people aren't, you know, and I'll be okay. No, because you I think it is luck. You'll meet, you'll meet, the you'll person. meet someone. How has dating been during the pandemic? Uh, you know, it's. It's like the, at first I just was like, oh, great. This is a good excuse to like stay away from men and like not have to force myself into intimacy that I don't want. So I it was like, oh, no, I can't get within six feet of you. It was like a dream for me of someone who like doesn't want to date. Like I have to force myself to date. And it's really rare that I like someone. So I think I like waited around for a bit. And then, you know, ex-boyfriends started like sliding in and wanting to reconnect. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll have some like. Skype dalliances late at night in my old childhood bedroom because I was at my parents' house for most of the pandemic. And um, and then, but then the ex thing is like, I've gone down that road too many times, but it's hard not to because it's so easy. You're already comfortable with the person. Um, and you, and it's just hard to meet. It's hard for me to like someone. I'm extremely picky. And um, Paris, I'm guessing you are as well. Yeah, I'm very picky. Are, are we all? Yeah, I think it's important to be picky. You're like choosing someone who's going to be with you for your life. Like there's no point in wasting yes. your time. I, um, yes, I agree. It's, it's like, it's something that you have to have so much intention for, but that's why I'm like, my ring light went out and I'm freaking out you guys, but I still look great. Um, I, it was like an emergency code red over here. Um, no, I feel the same way of, I, really enjoy my time by myself now. I know what I like. I know what I like to do. I know when I need to invite some friends in so it doesn't get depressing. Mm. And I know how to please myself finally at this like late stage of my life. I'm able to masturbate and have a pretty good time. Um, <laughs> that's hot. And you know, what you said? That's hot. Yeah. It had it is hot. It is hot. It's so hard to do because it's so awkward because you're alone and you feel like a loser. You're like, oh what am I doing alone? It was very hard for me to do. But now I'm like I'm kind of fine. So to be someone that I want to potentially marry, which I can't even imagine that, um, you have to be extremely special and you have to be better than my life is right now and it, it add to it. And uh, my life is pretty damn good, but I would like, you know, someone to do the things to me that I do to myself. That would be nice. <laughs> so I didn't have to do so much work, you know? So I felt like we found the core. Your love language might be physical touch right now, just based on pandemic. 
I think it always has been, but I've been reluctant to accept it because uh, I, I don't, in my last relationship, that's all I wanted. And I would do it to him. You know how you like do your love language to the person. So you like think they'll get the hint that does. I seem to do this a lot. Don't you think I would might like this? And they don't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think be, be looking back on my one relationship that I was like, Oh, that was actually really real and, and a true, like committed, like uh, intimate relationship. I definitely need like someone to touch. So yeah, I'm pretty, what do they call it during the pandemic? Like touch starved or something. And probably that I get a lot of foot rubs. Yes. <laughs> I get massages all the time because as a single person, it's just a way for people to like touch you and, and it's not sexual. I mean, many of massages are sexual, but just having someone touch you feels nice. Um, I had a makeup artist rubbing tanning bronzer on me the other day. And I thought she was just coming up to like comfort me to like be like, babe, you know, like just a nice motherly. And I go, oh, I grabbed her arm to be like, oh, and she was like, oh, I'm just trying to get this bronzer is like smudged. And I was like, oh, OK. Like I grabbed her arm like, finally, someone cares. <laughs> and uh, so I have I, but I don't you know what I'm interested in is uh, I was listening to I don't know if you followed up on this another time, but I was tr trying to get to know you, Hunter, through the podcast about you. And you were talking about how you met someone uh, over a trip from Quebec and it was like this weekend of romance, but no sex. Very interesting. And that you couldn't stop. You were kind of like excited about this person. What happened there? I'm dying to know. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I think I, I think I got too excited about this one, and then I, I think you know you have to go through a vacation romance or two to realize that they're just a vacation romance. Really? Yeah, it's also you know it's of all the times to try and do like a vacation romance and elongate it and turn it into something that's a little bit more special. Doing long distance between countries when the borders are closed is really oh my God. awful. And so we, we kind of, it just fizzled out, but it's also, I'm the type of guy where I will get, I mean, head over heels in love with somebody, uh, like every other week. And my friends are like, okay. And then, <laughs> uh, something will happen. And you know, how often does that work out for you? I mean, obviously you're sick. How, do you mind ask, like, have you been married before? Never been married. Uh, I was in one long relationship for five years. And then when I got single a few years ago, I've been single since. Are you looking for a girlfriend? I think I'm at a stage where like I'd be open to it, but I also- But you get too excited too soon because that's the interesting thing. Like girls want you to like be like, we want you to, you to act like you're not into us. And then we get mad when you're not into us. And it's like, when you put all, like you probably meet a girl and you're like, oh my God, this, you like start picturing the future. I've done it before too. I start picturing the future and I tell myself, do not get too excited. Do not come on too strong. Do not let yourself fall because this has happened before. And then somehow they sense your energy is like more invested than theirs. And they like just back away. And it's, um, it's hard not to do that though. Do you find yourself because all your friends are like, oh, you're in love, pulling back and not revealing too much because of that? No, I'm so comfortable with my friends and family about like my life and my love life. And I, I'm not really one to hide my, my feelings in any capacity with them. But um, I, I think the thing about uh, that, like losing interest, I always say that like true love is when you feel really lucky that 
they want to be with you and they feel really lucky that you want to be with them. It's like, yeah, it's this feeling of like, Mutual. oh, we both scored, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to have that. You have to both feel like you've got like this prize and maybe they're not the best looking person traditionally to everybody, but to you, they're a stunner and to personality wise, it makes them 10 times more beautiful, whatever. So yep. that's, that's that. Now I'm. It's so hard to find though. It feels like there's always an imbalance. Like someone is like trying like, uh, oh, she's out of my league. Like the husband's always trying to earn this like her and, sh but it should feel that way of like, wow, I, I can't believe that's how I want to feel. I can't believe I get to be with this person. I want them to be, and, and Paris, that feels like what you have. Like you talk of him. I mean, obviously I know he is like, I'm with Paris Hilton. I mean, he like won the lottery, but like you feel that way about him too, right? I'm so obsessed with him. He's my best friend, yes. everything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he was like custom made for me in heaven. Did you feel a yeah. chase? Like, did you feel like there was any chase back and forth? Yeah, I want to know. It just happened right away. It was like literally our first kiss and we were just glued to each other and literally never left each other's side after that. So we like How moved in right away. How did you not right meet before everything. that? We knew each other for 15 years. So oh. we've been friends for a long time. But I was just always... And he never... We like, like whatever, flirted. But I was always traveling or working or just like not... Like I wasn't ready to open up my heart until this year. So And I that's it. Know. Like uh, watching you find this new layer to yourself that explains so much of your past behaviors involving men and... Just ha seeing you go through that in your documentary and then hearing you talk about it on your podcast, it's it makes me realize like you know, that person could be there all along, but until you're ready to accept it, it's just not they're not going to get in. Like he was you knew him for so long, but you weren't ready for it because I was just thinking, how does this guy not slide in years ago? And so of course he did. Or maybe he didn't. But like it wasn't you wouldn't have been ready for this. Yeah. Timing is everything. Ugh, it is. And it is so about luck. Like a lot of times there are times where I'm like, oh, that guy just got snagged up. We'd probably be pretty good together. You know, like he probably would be good with his wife that he's marrying or whatever. And me like it would have been equally good. She just went to that Trader Joe's that day that I did it. You know what I mean? Like or she it, it is about timing because I don't necessarily believe in soulmates. This is Paris. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. 
they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. This is Paris. What's your What's your love language, Paris? Um, my love language is um, I forgot what are they again? I forgot. Words I, I know of affirmation, my okay. physical touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and acts of service. Gifts, <laughs> yeah, and um, you have three, right? Yeah, some people have yeah. one, some people have three. You can have them all if you want. Mine is definitely gifts and touch and words of affirmation. Okay, what about Carter? What do you how do you give love the most? Because it's the other type of like, what do you mean? Like, how do you see yourself giving love the most? Is it gifts? Is it acts of service? Is it physical touch? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's easy when you feel like you found the one, you know, you just want to do it all for them. That's the best. That's what one. everyone says is it's easy, you know, and you don't want to hear that because whatever you're asking your friends about, like, how, like comparing your situation to your friends, perfect relationship or seemingly perfect relationship, you always go like, but what, how do you know? And they're like, oh, this time it was just easy. And you're like looking at your phone, looking at the waiting for him to text you back, like not knowing what's going on. You're like, this is the one because it's supposed to be easy when it is. And this ain't easy. Mm. Waiting for this guy, watching this, waiting for him to watch my Instagram story or like whatever dumb game I've set up. You do that? To, <laughs> well, you know, when I like someone and like and there's someone that I'm like, oh, I have a crush on them. Like in the past, I would put out Instagram stories and then check who's watching them. And then the algorithm quickly it's finds so, out who you like. It's hard to do that because there's so many people watching yeah. that. It's like you have to like but scroll. They put, the, they put no, people they you put follow the, first. They know. Well, yeah, the so, algorithm knows you have a crush on someone. And sometimes I'll remind it. I'll be like, hey, I need to go to his site a bunch. So I'm like, push him to the top. But that pushes you <laughs> to the top of their Instagram and not, it's not vice versa. They have to be looking at your oh, Instagram. I Googled it. this because I also did this, but my friend had the greatest technique and you don't need to worry oh, about this anymore. I bet. Can I guess it? Tell me what you think it is. Watching all the stories until the last one. What? Falling no, off before the end. That's manipulative oh. and dark. And who would do it's that? So, uh, people I'm dealing with. Um, here, here's here's the, the technique for anybody who's got too many followers. <laughs> I'm really doing this only for influencers here. But uh, basically, post a close friend story. Mm -hmm. Have them on your close friends. And that way you know because... That's a much smaller list. Oh, yeah. Oh, but then they know that you put them on their close friends and then they, they'll they know that you like them. Like, this is a person that you, like, aren't close friends with. So they'll be oh. like, what? Okay. Because I did just get close friends by, like, a celebrity that I would probably like to have sexual relations with. And I was like, I'm close friends. Like, I was like, it's, his story was green. And I'm like, I've talked to him one time in my life. Like, this guy needs to reevaluate who he lets. Maybe he's doing the strategy. Who his close friends are. But maybe. I'm now I'm like, I misinterpret guys' signals all the time. Who is like, it? Like, I, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you, but I'll tell you off air um, for <laughs> sure. But it's just like someone who I would probably never trust in a relationship, but would be nice to ha be like, oh, I had sex with him when I'm like old and gray. And I'm like, kids, guess who your grandma had sex with? And like, pull up this, like, like, just it would be like fun trivia right. for my life. Did you? Yes. You, you were, <laughs> and I don't have sex a lot, so I don't know what I'm even who who I am in this scenario. Um, when you were doing all the clubbing and you were single and all that, did you ever have yeah. that where you were like, "Oh, that person's like bucket list for so many people, and they're at my club or they're at my table in the club." Did that ever appeal to you? Were you ever like, "Ooh, I want to"? Hold on. I have um, literally never been clubbing. Oh, wait. I thought you were asking me. I was like, are you insane right now? I literally was. This is the problem with looking at yourself on Zoom is you start just guessing yeah, who the voice was, is talking to. I was looking directly at Paris that entire time I was talking. No, it revealed that I wasn't watching you guys. And it's just because I'm trying to manage this ring light situation. And Paris understands. Yes. But Paris, I would like to hear your answer to that question, which I thought was directed at me. And I thought I was like... You don't know who I am. Okay, go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely going out back in the day. Well, what was the question? Like, w w there are definitely, there's obviously guys going up to your Paris, table. Paris, I didn't remember it either. Okay, I'll try and be more memorable. There's guys going up to no, your table you. in the club uh, or at a party or whatever, and you see like a guy that maybe you don't even know, but because of the aura, it's like a young George Clooney or something. You're just like, 
I'm going to go on a date with this guy just because that like, did that have, did you have those like yeah. moments? Who was like the person that like blew like blew your mind that they wanted to go on a date with I'm you? I'm not telling. <laughs> exactly. You can't tell but one of them. No, because it's mean to Carter. It's like I will tell you. I would never. Mean to Carter. I would never talk about another Everyone man. Everyone was trying to get. So just take like, and I would I would put this all the way up until she was with Carter. Every guy, every guy that you would go, I would dream to sleep with him, has slid into Paris's DMs or tried to get in contact with her. Every single one. She. Is like you we we have I'm a girl with minimal followers and like very minus like minuscule fame compared to Paris she got her like she got her pick I could only imagine that's why I won in the inner circle I want those names because but it's every name at least tried you know what I'm saying but I, I bet I mean there's some great guys on your roster I'm sure that you're not going to get into but and I just mean make out roster like very Paris is great at just making out and keeping it making mm -hmm. out which is a skill that I am trying to refine because uh, another part of this whole thing of talking of finding the one I'm, I'm very cautious about having sex with someone and also scared about feeling the pressure to have sex too soon and Paris has been like a a, a newfound influence on me to be a uh, a blue baller yes Just like miss blue baller <laughs> I sit love right that. there I'm so miss proud that of was you. her nickname blue baller that was her nickname it was and my is. Nickname. who gave you that nickname <laughs> a lot of people just because <laughs> like I told you my mom taught me just guys will want what they can't have so I've always just been the type of girl who only makes out and I was telling Nikki this when I first met her we did um her radio show like years ago and yes. then I did it when she was hosting um for Jimmy Kimmel and I talked about it again and basically my <laughs> mom just, just said so be hard to get and only make out and just don't do more because it's just beyond and like guys just won't respect you so i've just been the type that always likes to make out and kiss like a teenager and that's it i think that is admirable what do you make of that as a guy i i want to hear your side of this well i hate to say it but it would work like i would be i would be much more i think there would be like this innate desire but it's also like an unhealthy well, thing like if the person's only there because they want to have sex with you it's a good way to weed people out because they won't hang around is. if they keep making out with you but if they really like you they'll stay and i think that that's a I nice just, that's a nice thing but then I, also it's a time of liberation if you want to have sex with people just have sex with people go do whatever you want um i agree but i think that girls also don't i think this is this is why i ask paris about all the time and i brought it up on my show and then i was like we get up when i was on jimmy kimmel i was like I want to like say something that maybe a girl will see. Like I like to talk about things that might cut through because I don't think girls know that they can give guys blue balls and that's okay. And that anytime a guy like, cause we do so many things out of, you know, just wanting to be nice. Like Paris, you were even saying before in uh, your conversation with Amy Schumer about you just like say yes. You don't want to say no. You don't want to be, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and guys can get, put you in a position so unintentionally a lot of times where you feel bad you've misled them you got to do what they want you to do and so to have someone so like adamant about like give them blue balls don't give in no matter yeah. what it doesn't matter they bought you dinner yet yeah, they should have they got your uber yeah they should <laughs> they're trying to sleep with you and you should it, they haven't earned it yet totally. and so I, I i do like that side of it but i also do agree that if you want to have sex and have casual sex i am so proud of you and i love that you can do that i cannot i get feelings for people when i let them in my body and and i can't help it so i can't i can't let that 
lady out of out of the cage unless it's like a guy's gonna stick around because it'll just you know ruin my life i think it is it's a it's a nice message to actually make empowering for the woman as opposed to what it has been because i also think like it's funny you just said that i was thinking like there are so many guys who feel entitled to it because they did the dinner and they you know they got ready and they brought you out and they did all this but if you look at the total cost of a dinner, let's just say it's a really nice dinner in L.A., maybe 300 bucks for the two of you. What does he expect? Does he think that's the value of having sex with you? It's not. It should be an infinitely high number, you know, and you, you should have sex when you want to have sex. We just got very, very uh, No, it's true. Here, you yeah. should. But it's it's good. It's good to know. But it's also like it's it's hard sometimes when everything else in society you when someone does a favor for you you owe them you know and certainly as a woman you owe them oh she lent you that thing you gotta lend there's always this reciprocity of not just being i don't deserve anything so i have to i have to constantly give back to prove and it's just um it's very i could have really used that that encouragement to give guys blue balls when i was a young girl and i and and be a little bit more empowered i have it now and i'm ready to use it but it would have been nice so i just think it's a really nice message that paris inadvertently uh put out there i think it's very good advice i'll definitely be telling my daughter and i think also just what i've been through like when i was you know you know in my past just going through so many hard situations that it also just made me scared of guys where i didn't want to let them in and i didn't want to do things like that so i think it's a mixture my mom's advice and life Paris, do you, do you cry? Are you able to cry? And I'm asking that totally like uh, as someone, I can't cry and I want to know if anyone else can't, you can cry. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's healthy to like let out your emotions. And if you're sad to cry, I don't cry anymore because I'm never been happier in my life, but yeah, you know, I've been through a lot of things in life where I would cry a lot and just even with the media making up stories and just like dealing with that since I'm a teenager it was really hard I would cry to my mom all the time I uh yeah I didn't think about going through all of that as a teenager when I really I was someone who cried a lot but I find it harder to do now and and I understand you saying like oh I'm happy I don't cry now but I think even when you're happy you need that release so well sometimes like can can a sad movie elicit a cry for you if you like feel like you're like need to cry Yes. What gets it out for you? I literally need to ask people, like, how do you cry? Will you, like, tell me your tricks? You because can't cry during sad movies? I mean, I just go, like, this is a movie. I don't, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm on too, like, my antidepressants are making me not be able to feel things. But it takes, a, like, I can get sentimental and I can go, wow, that was, like, that's going to change the way I look at the world. Like, I just saw some movie, uh, the, the Sound of Metal. It's so Such good. a good movie. Oh, my God. And I it really, it, that got me very close yeah, to, to crying. And so I felt good. it hard. But it was, um, but yeah, I just, I find crying to be very interesting because it was something I did as a kid to get things. And so now I feel like when I do it, I'm being like manipulative. And so I don't let myself do it. It's very interesting. I have the same thing. Like, I don't cry. And it's because when I was younger, I got yelled at a lot. And I, would, I realized that that emotion when I was getting yelled at would just dissipate like the next day I was not in trouble so I was like all that emotion was for nothing let's like why are we so I just learned that emotion was very like it's just it's like this thing where you can't control yourself now I've learned like being able to cry is cathartic and yeah especially as a guy it's nice to be able to show your partner that you're a human um 
and that they're not alone in their emotions and stuff. So it's probably something that most people should work on if they can. Yeah. And that's why I asked, I was thinking of, I'm, I'm trying to get more techniques to, to get it out of me because I think I'd be a happier person if I was able to let it out and like really have some sobs because no matter how great your life is, there are things that are going to be a very upsetting to the point that you could cry. And that is, I, I, I kind of feel like a man in that way of like, I'm not allowing my, I'm too ashamed to cry. There's something about it that's causing me shame. And so many men feel shame to cry, too shamed to cry. And that's going to make them look weaker, you know, and it's still so stigmatized. And I think it's the hottest thing ever. When a guy cries, I literally get turned on in an, in a way that makes me feel like I can't be there for them emotionally. Like my ex-boyfriend once started sobbing and it was the only time I'd seen him like actually emote like heavily. And it was so erotic to me because I was like, oh my God, he's like getting to a, like this real place. I got like horny while he was sobbing and we were having sex, like as he was still wiping his tears, like it was really inappropriate, but that's how much I wanted men to like feel. I'm like, please like, but I think it's just projection. I think I just want myself to feel it's very uh, hard for me to do, but luckily um, I have, you know, the ability to go on podcasts and talk it out and be honest and have my new show that is going to be very cathartic. Cause I've, I love talking about these things and being open about stuff that I'm struggling with because I found that the response you get from your fans and listeners is like, you're making them feel less alone, but they're making you feel less alone. And it's like, it's very important to have that in my life. And without stand up recently, I haven't been able to get that feedback from the audience of, is it just me? And they laugh and they go, no, we're laughing. It's us too. But with a podcast, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get that again. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love having a podcast. It is. You're great at it. And it's as a fan of yours, it's such a great new side of you. It's such a perfect extension of the Paris we get to know in this is Paris. I mean, I love that. It's the same name. It's, (laughs) it's the same new Paris that it feels very authentic and just, um, is lifting the veil and, and showing us that you are in control all along. And I, I just love it. I would love if we eventually did a podcast where she came in in just some frumpy sweats and no, uh, no makeup. And she was like hung over and she's like not happy to be there. It would make my whole year. I think I'd be so would, excited. <laughs> I wonder not if happening, if, uh, <laughs> not happening. Have there been days where you had to work and you did look hungover and you looked beyond and like I I, sometimes I think about you just like pressing like in your documentary I think you were like I do I look beyond and you looked like the most stunning like you've ever like which is you always just look the same anyway you always look like you're walking by a poster for like a new perfume (laughs) like like the most glam you always look that way but you were in the documentary and you were like do I look beyond and I always think about that when I look in the mirror and I go like you look beyond like I truly look beyond sometimes but is there ever a day that you looked so beyond that you were like I can't do it because you're a workaholic and I know that when you have something to do, you show up. Has there been a day that you're like, I just can't put on the lashes today. I can't do the spray tan. I, I can't. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone feels beyond sometimes, but I just put sunglasses <laughs> on and then you fine. called in beyond. <laughs> yes. Okay. I just got some sunglasses and my roommate was like, you should wear those on Paris, the show. And I go, Holy crap. Like I got these from my friend and I put them on and I, at first I was like, these are ridiculous. And then I go, Oh my God, I look like Paris Hilton because it covered up enough of my face that I could like, like look like you. And, um, 
it there's and I go oh my god maybe she does that when she like doesn't want to when her eyes are like a little puffy or something is that the secret no just I'm shy and I was telling this to Hunter before when I watched Adam Sandler's movie Big Daddy where he tells a little boy like if you're shy like put on these sunglasses and you'll like disappear so I kind of just do that and then I feel like less shy and I just love sunglasses. They're just amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that because every time I wear sunglasses indoors, I go, you are a tool, Nikki. You look like you're trying to look cool. Everyone's going to comment on it. But the truth is that sunglasses do make me feel so safe and removed and like, like kind of just like I'm like hiding and just kind of watching from the outside. They're such a security blanket and I'm going to start wearing them if I want to. Hell yes. <laughs> I wear I'm them a blue in- ball with my sunglasses <laughs> on. Yes. <laughs> oh my god i love it oh my it. god me too so you saw the documentary though and i think you even mentioned uh yeah i think your boyfriend mentioned sarah silverman who we we had talked about on the show and then she issued this apology for like some of the jokes she said and it i wonder if you're also like experiencing any of this like comedians going through this opposite of a renaissance it's like a cancel culture wave have you had to deal with it do you you know You know, I hope that if something comes out, because listen, I can say I've never made jokes at these people's expense. I've never made that kind of joke because right now the person I am would never make that kind of joke. But but I can't, I don't know what I've done. There are times you see a picture of yourself and you're like, no way would I ever think that hat looked good. How the hell would that would I leave the house with that fedora on and then go on stage? Like, it seems truly insane that I would wear a hat that I wore a ton, you know? So I can't predict what I was like before. So if something comes out, cause I, cause I don't know, let's say that is like so inflammatory. makes someone feel so bad. I know I was an idiot for so long doing stand-up comedy. I started doing it when I was 18. I said the dumbest things. I wanted to be Sarah Silverman more than I wanted to be myself. So if she was doing it, I was doing it too. So I'm sure there are jokes out there that I would go, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. But I also believe that, and I hope, and I know that I'm a good enough person now and I don't want to hurt anyone in anything I do. So I hope that the apology and the way that I could address whatever I've done would suffice to show people that I've grown and that I don't condone that behavior. So I hope I've never done anything like that, but if it comes out, I just know that now I'm not the type of person that would, so I can, uh, like I got, I I was in uh, Taylor Swift's documentary. I was in Paris Hilton's documentary. Yes, you are. Doing, Mm -hmm. going, that's hot. When she came on my show and first talked about blue ballers, it was the, the greatest treat of my life being in the trailer for your documentary. And then also, the show, the uh, movie itself, but I was in Taylor Swift's documentary saying, um, you know, the one Miss Americana where she talks about, I'm going to go away. I had to go away for a year and disappear. No one saw me. And because it just got to be too much, everyone had an opinion about me. And I, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, like one of the biggest Swifties that, uh, that you'll find. I, I truly love her so much, know everything. And I am watching the trailer for Miss Americana come out on I want to say a week before it drops on Netflix the trailer comes out and as a Swifty I'm watching this at like midnight when it comes out and I'm watching it and I hear my own voice in the trailer 
at the part of the trailer where it's like, and I had to go away for a year. And it right before that part, it's all this cacophony of like different media people just being like, Taylor Swift dumps boys and writes songs about them and breaks hearts. And, you know, and then it's my voice going, she's too skinny. And all of her model friends, like my voice, and but it's not my image. And I hear it and I drop my phone like in bed. So it didn't fall very hard or break, but it like <laughs> dropped on my mattress. And I was like, seriously in shock. And I like, my heart stopped because I'm, I love her so much, but I know that that's my voice. And I send it to all my, like, pub, like my publicist and my agent. And I'm like, I am in this Paris Hilton documentary or I'm in, I did the same thing for you, Paris, but I was like, in a good way. I was like, I want to know if there's any more, but I go, what did I, what did I say? What else did I say? And what is, are they going to show my face and put like a marquee under like a thing beneath my name? Like the Swifties are going to come after me and I'm there. I'm her biggest supporter. What the hell did I do? But it was just some dumb blog I did one time where they were like asking me my opinion about celebrity news. And I was like probably feeling fat that day. And I was like, she's too skinny. I don't like, you know, like just being a, Mm. a little crappy bitch. And I'm also hunched over in the clip because I had pit stains so bad. So I'm like on Buzzfeed live, like all her skinny friends. And she's like her model friends. I like, I look so disgusting. I'm promoting orbit gum. I'm promoting an orbit gum commercial that I shot. It doesn't make any sense. I'm promoting a commercial. So I'm there mouthing off about Taylor Swift, who I worship, but who I'm like jealous of that day. And then it's in this documentary. And I, so then the whole week, my, my agents are like, don't, don't do anything. Don't say anything. I'm like, I want to find out what's happening. So eventually it airs. Like it comes out on Netflix, it drops and I can't even watch it. Cause I'm so scared. And I'm just waiting for my DM someone to be like, Hey, you're in this. And sure enough, someone comes in, it's like, you're in this. And it's the same clip, but it's actually shows the video of me. Thank God it didn't say my name. And I was like, so upset because I realized it was, I, tr- I listened to T- Taylor Swift every day incessantly. And I was like, I can't listen to Taylor Swift today. Like she can't comfort me through this, like this pain of like having hurt her. And so I didn't know how to process the feeling. So then I, I just wrote an apology to her because I did. I thought if I go through my agents, my agents don't want, even want me addressing it or trying to talk to her. They're scared of her camp, you know? So they're like, just be hush, hush. No one's don't say anything. And I was like, they didn't necessarily say that, but I get like, they would have been like, yeah, we'll give her a note. And then I would never get to her. So I just put something on Instagram because I knew she would see it because I just knew people would tag her enough. Even if she didn't comment, at least she'd see it. And I just wrote like, listen, I can't believe I call, I said these things about you, especially commented on your body when I have had terrible eating disorders that almost ended my life multiple times. And I'm mouthing off about your looks. I was projecting. This is where it came from. I want to be your friend and I don't look like a model. So I thought that made me disqualified. It was all insecurity and I just owned up to it. And it felt so good. And I didn't even care if she didn't see it. But as soon as I sent that off, I like could listen to her music again. I just felt like I'm at peace. I know who I am is not someone who actually thinks that about her and meant to hurt her. And I hope she sees it, but I can't control it. And then she wrote back something really nice and it made me feel great. And she was like forgiving and gracious, but all in all, I just mean that I think, I hope that I'm, when I apologize, it is, can be sincere enough to be forgiven for whatever I've done, but uh, who knows? You, you're just not in control of those things. So I love Taylor. Long Swift. answer. If, if you want to get Don't a hold you? of Taylor Swift, all you have to do is say some really messed up stuff about her and then write her an apology and she'll, she'll write you back. <laughs> so that's the, yes. that's the ticket. That's it. That's I, I just want, I really just wanted to meet her and I still hasn't come to that. No. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, I, 
I followed the whole Sarah Silverman thing. And I remember that joke that she did about you. Like I, I was watching her with like my mouth, like I, I was obsessed with Sarah. I was obsessed with both of you at the same time, but I was obsessed with her. And I remember that joke and I remember like, it wasn't, it didn't like make us a, a stamp in my head and I didn't think anything of you because of it. Or, and I didn't certainly didn't think anything of because of her. Like I didn't even think about, like we said, like you don't think that there's a person behind these things that you say and you think they won't see it or you think they won't read that tweet, but they're reading it. Like someone, you, you see it and it's, it's painful. So now I just try to approach things when I try to make fun of things. I always say it with the caveat of what I'm judging about you right now. Celebrity, I don't know. And I've only learned about through daily mail, intrusive paparazzi photos is that what I'm mad about you about, I'm mad about myself. I'm in the, I'm insecure about this thing. And you make me mad at myself by like sh exhibiting that thing. So I, I try to just lace it with that of like, here's this caveat that I know this is about me. <laughs> what would you tell yourself going into, let's say season one of the simple life. If you were someone giving advice to that girl, then of something about the business itself or, or just, um, Hollywood in general, is there anything that you wish you would have known then? Um, just to not be so trusting with people. Cause you know, when that show came out, it just changed my life forever. And then just had all these people, you know, trying to be my friend and trying to use me. And I don't know, I just, I let in a lot of people into my life that shouldn't, didn't deserve to be. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I was smart about it. I knew by doing that show, I would have a huge platform to help myself build a brand. And that's what I did. I mm -hmm. mean, this stuff. If you guys I are listening, like, uh, she's electrify. trying to, Nikki's trying to stick the perfume bottle the, into her brain right now. I have that's the how much she likes one, And it. I'm running low and I'm going to get some, I'm like, gonna send I you love more. this. Paris, all the stuff you sent me and gave me in the gift bag that you get when you're friends with Paris Hilton is just was amazing but i i do i i love the scent i've been wearing it all the time and men seem to really like it and um it just makes me feel so sexy as soon as i put it on and so i'm learning so much from paris this year just the little yes. times i've hung out with her like i've learned some some key things i mean taking selfies with i mean hunter i'm sure you've taken selfies with paris hilton so far yeah uh, we've done podcast. a few and it's mind-blowing it is <laughs> just life-altering it's, it's, an, you look, you go, I thought I knew what I was doing. And you're like, you're in a picture with her and you just go, I can't, I don't even know what to do with my body. That would be, you're such a good poser. Like you're such a good poser. You're such a poser, Paris. Stop <laughs> acting like you li listen to 311 when you just wear the shirt. Um, no, that's what I think of posers from eighth grade. Um, but no, you're so good at striking poses and finding and, and lighting. I loved hearing about your engagement being like, it better have good lighting because mm -hmm. people are so they don't understand that lighting is everything. And there's so many people that are like, I'm not getting a ring light. I just teach on Zoom. I'm a teacher on Zoom. And I'm like, okay, I know you're not trying to look hot for your students, but you're going to look visually pleasing, which will dr draw the eye and make them want to watch you more because you're not like in a dark corner in your husband's office. I paid the most light. attention to my beautiful English teacher when I was in high school. She got every bit of my attention, so it would, it would work. Oh, yeah. Yes, I love yeah, ring, lights. ring lights are great. They and and they're not just for influencers. Everyone should get one if you're doing stuff online because they ch they change everything. I love having guy friends who know nothing about photography and lighting and being like, "Oh, this is why you don't get swipes because you don't know how to light a, pi a picture to put on. You mm, look like a murderer." 
like planning your layer in your basement in all of your photos of the seatbelt selfie and the just do you do s- online dating at all me no not you no hunter <laughs> like what if paris Sorry, does I- online <laughs> dating right now carter is gonna have an issue with that that would be insane uh, <laughs> that's like you asking me if i go to clubs and, and, and get hit on by leonardo DiCaprio. Um, um, no yeah. no online dating for me right now as soon as i yeah. started doing the podcast i realized I, I should probably never do online dating again because now they're just kind of all trying to get to Paris through me, and I can't have that. <laughs> oh, so yes. That's... I don't want to fight them off. You know, when they're trying to get to E, I'm like, get there. Take my job. I don't care. But with Paris, <laughs> I'm trying to protect this uh, relationship. This is Paris. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. 
and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. This is Seven Slitting Questions. Can I answer them in your voice? Sure. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I'm not. I'm, I haven't been around you enough to perfect it, but I did try to get your Alexa to work when I was at your house in your voice. Alexa. Wait, wait, I've, I can't do it, but I, I think I got horrible, it too. horrible, though. <laughs> Alexa. Alexa. It's, it's like a little bit chiller than I bring to it. My friend Carlisle does a good one. She's going to be on Paris' show too. Okay, yes. anyway, let's do this. Tell her I say hello. I will. She's going to cry that you said so that. so sweet. Okay. First celebrity crush and current celebrity crush. Oh my gosh, great question. Okay, first uh, was Dave Matthews. Um, and I just used to like get really horny watching his VH1 storytellers. And I didn't know what was happening to my body. Like, I didn't know the feelings. I was like, I just feel like I'm like on a roller coaster and I would like rock on my heel back and forth. And my dad would be like, it's time for dinner. I'd be like sweating, like, hold on. I got to finish this, this guitar solo. Like didn't understand that I was like legit horny. Um, so that was my first crush and my current crush gosh, I'm always asked this and I don't know because I also want to choose wisely because I'm kind of in this weird area of celebrity where like it could happen. So I don't know if I'd want to like say someone who Zach Efron is with someone, but he's always like up there for me in terms of like, you know, that would be fun. And Timothy Chalamet, I just saw him in something that was very sexy. So I've been thinking about him a lot. I don't know. It, it changes a lot. All right. Maybe they'll be listening. <laughs> yeah. If it was a current one. Um, yeah. That's what the nicest thing I like these. You can like access celebrities now. If you have a blue check mark, they like might see your DM. So I'm like, oh, I could maybe get one. So I haven't given this enough thought, though. It's true. Yes. There's always a chance. <laughs> You're like, yeah, maybe, I mean, truly. Maybe Dua Lipa is going to see this. And then you realize she's not going to see it. Also, she's well, in a relationship. <laughs> that's true, too. Yes. But I oh, you know who I DM'd? Who did I DM that I was like, oh, that was a I think I DM'd the bachelor, the Matt James. I DM'd him um, before I knew what happened with the whole thing because I was watching The Bachelor and he like reunited with his father and it was so sweet. And I assumed he was with someone at this point in the show. So I, but I just wrote him being like, that was the sweetest thing ever. But also leaving the door open of like, also, if you know, you didn't find the one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm here, you know, uh, DMs are open. So sometimes I take a little like, you know, chance. Did, like that. did he respond? No, he didn't read it though yet. So that's promising. It's nice that you can see that. Well, he could have read it 
and not. I know. Listen, <laughs> no, it's I a know. scene if someone's ready. Why are not you ruining this DM for me? Request. Like if, if, like when we look through our DM requests, oh. we can still like, we have to oh my accept God, you're it for so it to be read. right. He totally saw it because he definitely does. Because I have enough followers that I can be like, okay, if he has double my followers, he, I would still read all my DMs, even though he's getting a lot, but he's, still. He's in peak no. mode right now. He's in peak, peak Ooh. DM mode. I'm still not embarrassed by my slide because there was nothing except me just saying like, that was really sweet. I'm happy for you. That's all it was. Okay. And then I sent a, uh. A veg pick. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's, I don't even know what that would be. That would be insane. <laughs> okay, next sliving question. Sliving. <laughs> what is the worst date you've ever been on and why? The worst date I've ever went on was um, a guy I met on Raya. And uh, I went up to his house in the hill. Like after, I just was going over to his place to like smoke weed with him. Like that was the activity. And I had no intention of hooking up, just wanted to hang out. And we were having a great time. And then all of a sudden he like got a call from his agent and I assumed it was like a fake call because he was like, what, what the hell? Well, I told them to, to, to not release that yet. And he like all of a sudden was freaked out and was like, I'm so sorry. You got to go. And then all of a sudden all of his roommates came home. There was like not roommates, but like friends came over. There was like seven guys that all walked in and none of them acknowledged that I was there. It was like me and him alone in his pool. And all these guys could start coming in, like filming themselves and on their phones, like ignoring me. It was I truly felt like I was on punked. Like I was like, <laughs> what is happening? This is bizarre behavior. And the guys on the phone, like, I'm so sorry. And I go. I'm going to go. And he's like, yeah. And it was so weird. And then he, so I had figured this was fake. Like this was all done. He was realized that we weren't going to have sex. So he wanted to like come up with a big diversion, but then he claimed it wasn't, he was like, no, I really, something got released too soon. And, and I go, well, then your friends are weird. And I don't, I don't really want to date someone whose friends wouldn't introduce themselves to me. So bye. Yes. <laughs> what is the craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? Um, that I like sleep with people for stage time. I think that's the most insane thing because if you know me, I like would never do anything to, to, I don't believe in myself enough to like, I'm going to trick someone into giving this to me and then I can get on TV or get on stage and do <laughs> my thing. Like I don't believe in myself at all. And I need people to like force me to do jobs. I, I'm better about it now, but the idea that I would be like, I'm going to blow someone so I can get on at the funny bone and tonight like is truly insane. But that was a rumor about me for a while from a, a female comic that was on the scene when I was starting, who was jealous of my arrival. She was a little bit older than me. And so she starts just telling people that I was sleeping with people for stage time. Meanwhile, I was a virgin and I was like, I swear I'm not. No one believed me. They all trusted her. And I, I, it was a reputation that like pretty much drove me out of a comedy scene for a few years because uh -huh. it was so bad. But that idea that girls sleep with people for stage time. Yeah, you can, I'm sure it's been done, but you won't last unless you're good at, at blowing these guys. I'm just kidding. No, at, <laughs> at, 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 at your talent. So yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what is the craziest thing you've done lately? Um, Oh God. I, you asked this um, to someone else and I was like, I, I hope she doesn't ask me that because I want to be honest, but I don't know if I want to disclose the thing. You know what I'll say is that I took a step towards having the like having something that I don't think I deserve. I <laughs> I am into my my um the the way that I've pleasured myself while I've been single has led me to realize that I'm very interested in certain sex things that are not to be ashamed of 
that I might, uh, that I would be very scared to explore, but that I'm like, why would I, why do I just like get to watch people do this and I don't get to do it. And so I've taken tiny steps to like, maybe make some of these like insane ideas come to fruition and like maybe be a th like I don't know and what's I just, the category that we're talking about <laughs> like just like very just safe consensual things but things that are like oh my god would I sign up for that like you know just like She's just stuff that's like a little bit like stuff yeah yeah like well not not necessarily but you like yeah like just <laughs> stuff that what that you need in order to have that fulfilled you need to find someone who actually like likes it too it's like looking for a tennis partner like someone who plays at your level that's totally. kind of what i'm in search of and that's what i'm kind of treating it as because if i start treating it as sex and like it means intimacy and all these things i'm like oh, i can't i can't but if i'm just like i just want to like do my hobby um that that is like makes it a little bit more approachable play but with a couple yeah, of fuzzy tennis balls yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly okay. who knows what i'll get into but i take i took the first steps to be like okay i'm gonna see if i, I don't have, i'm not committed to anything but let's see okay good that's hot keep us updated <laughs> it, it, i i i shall loves it <laughs> what is the accomplishment that you are most proud of um i would say um, the friends, I, my friend group and just the people I've attracted in life in terms of like, even, you know, getting into comedy and then being friends with some of my heroes, including yourself. Um, and then my, my core group of friends that I've had forever, just, I'm like, wow, you're really good at this. Like you surround yourself with people that love you so much. So I think that's like, whenever I get down about myself of like, oh, you're not as good at comedy is this person or you're not as pretty as this person i'm like but you have the best friends and it makes me feel really good like i'm very confident of that that's sweet and what is your top beauty secret my beauty secret <gasps> oh paris okay hold on let me i have so many but okay I want, I'm, I'm one is like, I want to just, can I just like list a bunch? Who cares? Like yeah. is, there's no rules. Okay. First of all, spray tans for a, a girl who's like a Caucasian woman. I'm just telling you, it will take your hot hotness up 30%. It just <laughs> right away. And I'm not kidding you. 30% on the spot. Add fake lashes to that. We're going to, we're going to bump up another 10%. Okay. So now we're talking, you were, you felt like a six. You are now at a 10, you're 10 now for what, like you're as good as you can be. And you think these things will not change your, your looks that drastically. Just you wait. It is night and day. And also uh, uh, eyeliner in the waterline on the top lid, not the bottom. Boom. Mm, I like it. I do, <laughs> I do all those things too. Yes. But spray tans yes. are life. Life. Don't go out in the sun. Not real tan. Mm. Spray tan. And don't feel like you're, I'm going to look orange. You might, but it's better than your pasty winter skin. <laughs> Uh, Portofino is the best because they make custom colors. So yes, it's like gold. They put like purples in it. Like sometimes so I'm like, good. what are you making? They're like chemists. Yeah. So good. I'm obsessed. I'll do it for the first time and I'll come onto the podcast and we'll see if it works. Uh, oh my God. Genders. And the eyelashes. It does. <laughs> the eyelashes. I don't know if I, I don't like when people bring those little clippy things close to my things to try and curl them. Like yeah. when girls do that as like oh. a bit, I'm like, oh, you know, but it would, like it would make seizure. you hotter. Not really? that you need it, but I'm telling you guys, if they wore mascara, like the color of their eyelashes that we couldn't tell, 
you would look you would get more girls it whenever guys have on makeup from like set they always look better and i swear to god if you my roommate my best friend who's going to be my podcast co-host his name's andrew collin he's my best friend he's a straight guy out there single trying to get laid he i convinced him to get a spray tan the other day because i'm doing this show where they come and spray tan me once a week and the lady popped up the tent and he's sitting there on the couch and he's getting in shape and i go get you're gonna spray him and he goes no i don't need oh no i'm gonna lay out in the sun i go you're going to get a spray tan and you're going to see what I've been talking about all along. And my God, you, I, this guy, he could not stop looking at himself. He took so many selfies. He's never felt hotter and more confident. It took, he couldn't believe it. And I've like, I've been telling you 30% all along. So it does translate. You got to get one. I can't wait to see it. Yes. Yes. You have to. For you the have show, to. Please. For sure. uh, okay. Maybe we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. well, Do it just once. It'll, you can scrape it off later. You could it's scrape not, it off. Not scrape it. Yeah, you can like yeah, loofah you, it off. Yeah, loofah. Like yeah. body scrub it off. Okay. So it's not yeah. that brutal. There's no commitment. It's very, it's very non-committal. It's like less than a henna tattoo commitment. All right. I'll think about it. And the, no, you have to do you it. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Paris, you have to do this. If Paris says I have to do it, I, I have no, I'm not gonna start yes. doing I'm not gonna start getting anything regularly. But They're I might addictive. do it for a bit. I'm obsessed. I have a spray tan machine at my house. Dude, I mean, you need, it's, it's such a necessary thing. I'm not kidding you. Once you see yourself under, you're going, you're going to get it for every time you do TV. At least that you should do that for yourself because you will look so much better. And it's not because you need to look better, but why not take it up a notch if you could, oh, if Jesus. it's a spray tan away. I do TV every day. This is gonna be a, okay. This is gonna be a vicious cycle. <laughs> I know. Well, get let's get that machine in your place. Okay. Stat. All right, we have one more question. Okay. okay. What's a flaw of yours that you always fall back into? Um, these are such good questions, by the way. Okay, I want to give you a good answer. Well. I'll just say it before someone else says it. I talk too much and I can like railroad the conversation. I definitely did that today. And I try to keep it quippy and I just can't. And sometimes I talk too much and I, it's like my ADD and I'm doing it right now about talking too much. So that's something I'm trying to fix and not being a mic hog. And, um, I didn't do a great job of it today, but, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm nervous and I talk a lot when I get nervous You're and I'm a great nervous guest. around Paris still. You don't have to worry okay, about good. that at all. You're great. Okay. And now you have oh, a daily thanks, podcast on iHeart. So it's good yes. that you talk a lot because yeah. you need to have a lot of content to do a daily podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's like you, you need to be this much of a motor mouth. And I, I listen to things like I listen to podcasts on d double the speed because I just like to consume things quickly. I'm not like a slow person. And I think mine's the only podcast you're going to have to like put on like half the speed because it's going to be very fast, but it's so fun. Like I just, you know, just to plug my podcast a little bit, which it deserves plugging. Usually I'm so embarrassed to do plugs, but this time I'm just like, cause do I don't know. I'm always like, I don't deserve this, but this is a, I'm good at fucking radio and, and podcasting. And I, I know what I'm doing and I took a while to come up with the show because I wanted it to be the show where I show up and I'm having a good time. I hate listening to people having a bad time. And I know people can phone it in. We're professionals, but I hate like going and getting my hair done. And you're like, Oh, what are you doing this weekend to your stylist? Or like, you know, the woman doing your hair. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad it's Friday. I'm so sick of working. And you go, okay, I'm now I'm like, you're still working. And I feel like it's just like, it makes the experience of you getting your hair done now 
tarnished because you're like, oh my God, she hates doing this. And I, and there's sometimes I show up on set and I'm like, I hate this and I'm tired. So I just made this show as enjoyable as possible. So I would always be excited. I'm doing it every day. It's from my apartment. It's with my best friend who moved to St. Louis to live with me because I was living with my parents before and I needed a roommate because I didn't want to live alone. And we're just doing a podcast in my apartment. I'm going to talk about my life. Like, honestly, kind of use it as a just a diary, keeping track of the moments in my life. So someday, like I said, my grandkids can come listen to be like, oh, she kept like a journal of sorts because that's how honest I'm going to be. And then we're also going to talk about like the news every day and whatever any, everyone's talking about that day. Keep it topical. But just the best combo I could find of doing a podcast and a like morning radio show every day. And it's called the Nikki Glazer podcast and starts March 22nd, uh, Monday. And it's Monday through Thursday. And it's not one of these shows that you've got to listen to every episode before you can get into it. So if you're hearing this and it's next March, like you just jump right in, you'll, you'll catch up soon and you don't have to listen to every episode. We'll, we'll be there, but, um, subscribe now. It's the Nikki Glazer podcast. Yes. I can't Definitely. wait to be on it and I can't wait to hear it. I know I, I DM'd you immediately. Cause I, I want you as my first guest and I think it's, it, I think it's going to going to happen. Um, and I just, I I've appreciated you so much this year, Paris, like just getting voice messages from you as I'm sitting on my couch with my mom and like having a bad day and feeling like, oh my God, the industry forgot about me. And then all of a sudden I get a DM slide and a voice memo from Paris and I get to play it next to my mom <laughs> who like is a huge fan as well. And I'm just the coolest person to her, which is all I want is my parents' approval. Like, and you reaching out to me to be on a TV show you made and, and also coming on Jimmy Kimmel made me look so cool to say, listen, I know this list of celebrities you sent me from the booking department. I don't want any of them. I want my friend Paris Hilton and I'm going to go get her. Yes. And to be able to say that and be like, I'm going to book her myself is like the, was the coolest thing. So uh, thank you for your friendship and thank you for being so approachable. And, um, and, and I'm really glad that you're doing a podcast and that I got to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's just, it's so nice to get to know you in this way. And, and it's so nice to meet you, Hunter. Thank you, Paris. She got a longer, like, cooler thing about her. And no, I got to thank you at I the end. No. I was fascinated by you. Uh, no. I had to, I had to fa that's why I went back and listened to who is Hunter. And that's when I found out about the girl from Quebec yeah. who you met in Costa Rica. You are, who... you did you diligent research and I appreciate it. It was really lovely. No, I it love was lovely it. meeting you. I'm excited for your podcast. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm Hunter, I look forward to having you on my show as well. I hope you will be on it because I, I truly listening to you on this podcast, like you're like really good at what you do. And, and I respect it as a host and, and a, a, you know, a, a TV personality who talks about pop culture. You like do it right. So it's, it's too um, late to say all this stuff, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> oh, it was coming. You stopped me before I even had no, a chance. No, you, you're I, right. You're right. No, it's totally uh, fair. And thank you so much. I'd love to. I'm going to wait till you get to. I just to want people to know you're a pro and I, 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 recognize it the second i heard Thank your voice you. i go oh my god she found the best guy for the job hell yeah but of course she did she knows what she's doing she knows what she's doing all right bye nikki love right. you nikki you thank at your, you at your, your wedding yeah <laughs> all right love I, you, sis. Invited, I, hope. I love you bye guys bye thanks for listening to this is paris we love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. And follow us at This Is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes. Follow Paris at Paris Hilton and follow Hunter March, host of Eve Nightly Pop at Hunter March. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.